Bible tells us that is for in him we live, we move, and have our very being. And it is a blessed morning to be alive in any morning that you are alive and doing well. You are blessed. It's good to see those who are visiting with us on this morning. We want you to know that you are truly our honored guest. We do hope and pray that your worship will be one that will be accepted by God and that we would worship him in spirit and in truth on this morning. We want to uh, thank those who have uh, gone to funerals on yesterday. We know that Brother Sims, uh, the late Brother Earl Sims, uh, who were familiar to a number of individuals here, one time served as one of the elders of this particular congregation. There were some who went uh, on yesterday to um, the funeral, and we are thankful for them and those who have also gone to the funeral of Sister Gathers brother on yesterday. We want to thank the members uh, on reaching out to them and those who wanted to go who did not go and those who reached out in calls and prayers uh, and etc. with that. And I know that it is uh, COVID is going around, uh, but let's just, um, we can do something. Amen. When people pass away, we can do something. You might not go, but you could always call. And when you can't call, you could always pray and, and contribute something to that. And truly, you know, uh, if we just keep it real in here on this morning, you know, life is still going on in the midst of COVID. Uh, you know, I know people put things on the back burner, but uh, schools are still meeting, folk are still making groceries. You're still headed down to the mall, and, uh, and, and you watch and see at the games later on today. Watch the stadiums. Amen, somebody. They're going to be packed jam. And all they're going to do, Brother Brown, is watch LSU go against LSU. So, uh, so, so don't, don't, don't give me that Patrick Mahomes and, because Mahomes going to go against Joe Burrow. And, and don't kill my vibe. I know Patrick going to get him. But, but, but anyhow, it's a win-win for us. It's a win-win for us because all you have is LSU going against LSU today. Amen, somebody. And my point is, is that church, look, we don't need to put God on the back burner because the world has not placed itself on the back burner. Things are still going on, and uh, the work of the Lord still needs to go on as well. Uh, we failed to make mention of this on uh, the 7th of February is uh, we uh, had made a decision to do uh, the brothers, the brothers night out. Uh, there was one of them who wanted to uh, ask about it, and we plan to meet uh, at Pluckers on February the 7th. That's not this coming Monday, but it's the following Monday uh, for the Brothers Night Out. For those who uh, want to come out, that'll be at 7 o'clock uh, at Pluckers there on Blue Bonnet, right there next to the Mall of Louisiana. Also, um, our leadership, myself and Brother Brown, have, have met and we have a talk concerning continuing our leadership here uh, at the Hollywood Street Church of Christ. And one of the things that we were concerned about is we know how important leadership is to the church. Uh, leadership must continue. Uh, leadership must go on. Uh, the Lord knew what he was doing when he said to put elders and deacons in the church. 
and uh, we have made a decision to carry on the leadership. We met with Brother Gathers, we met with Brother Trey Feaster, and we're going to bring those brothers before the church shortly. And uh, but Brother Gathers has desired to be one of our elders. Brother Trey has desired to be a deacon. And, uh, and of course, they went through the process two years ago, and uh, Brother Trey was this close. Uh, and we have talked to him, and he's worked on some things uh, in that, and his desire is, is to do that. And that's the first qualification to elders and deacons. You got, to you got a desire. Can't nobody give you that. You, you, have, to, you have to want this uh, because it's, it's about commitment, and, uh, and we can't give you no commitment. That has to come from within you. And so next month, shortly, uh, myself and Brother Brown will allow those men to come before the church, and uh, we will carry out with that short process, and we'll let the Lord do what only the Lord can do. Amen? Be finding Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4, verse number 23. Proverbs 4, verse number 23. Proverbs chapter 4, verse number 23. And we're going to read that this morning from a different version of Scripture just to help us better understand. Proverbs Chapter 4, I'm sorry, I said 3, verse 23, Proverbs 4, and verse number 23. If you have it, just say amen. The Bible says, be careful how you think. Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. I want to talk to us this morning on the subject that is titled, Your Thoughts Control Your Life. Your Thoughts Control Your Life. Be careful how you think because your life is shaped by your thoughts. Most people, most people in this world, most people in this life long for God to take away all of their problems. We long that God will take away our pain, take away our sorrow, take away our sufferings and take away our sicknesses and even take away our sadness. But God wants to do something before all of those things can take place. God wants to work on us first. Because transformation won't happen in your life until you have renewed your mind. Until your thoughts be changed, you will not change. Change starts in the mind before it starts outside. Why is this so important, Brother Viltz, that we should change our minds? Why should we understand about the mind and how to control, or a better word for some, how to manage your mind? Well, let's look at three points on this morning. And I want to start with the first point, which is similar to our subject title this morning, 
Number one, because your thoughts control your life. You know, those who have committed crimes, those who have murdered in life, they just don't wake up one morning and go out there and do the crime or do the murder. They think about those things before they commit those crimes. Proverbs 4.23 again, uh, be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. Always the attitude is first, and it's followed by our actions. Your thoughts have tremendous ability to shape your life for good or for bad, for the positives or for the negatives. For examples, maybe you were told while you were growing up in life, somebody might have told you that you're worthless. You'll never be anything in life. You don't matter to anybody. Maybe somebody said to you, you're just like you're no good father. And you have accepted that thought even though it was wrong to tell you that you have now, year later, it is shaping your life. And that's why it is important to know that you choose what thoughts you will allow to direct your life in this old world. You, as a person, have to choose those thoughts. There are some thoughts that are good for us. There are other thoughts that are not good for us. We have to choose which thoughts we are going to allow to lead our lives, direct and guide our steps. Point number two. Watch this here. Because the mind is the battleground for sin. The mind is the battleground for sin. Notice we said that the mind is the battleground. Your battle starts in your mind. I think our teacher, Brother Steph, made mention something alluding to this this morning. The struggle is within yourself. Your battle is within your mind. Temptation, all rather temptations, happens first in the mind. Paul says in Romans 7, 22 and 23, he says, I love to do God's will so far as my new nature is concerned, but there is something else deep within me. In my lower nature, that is a war with my what? Mind. And wins the fight and makes me a slave to sin that is still within me. In my mind, I want to be God's willing servant. But instead, I find myself still enslaved to sin. The mind is where the battle is. One reason you get mentally fatigued is because... There's a battle going on in your brain 24 hours a day, 365 uh, days a year. It is to us debilitating because it is intense. And it's intense because your mind is your greatest asset. Satan wants your greatest asset. Your greatest asset is your mind, and the devil will work with your mind. The devil will deal with your mind. The devil will talk to your mind. That's why the Bible says uh, that we ought to guard our hearts because the devil is going to tamper with your mind. 
If you never, if you never control your thoughts, they're going to run wild on you. If you never control your mind, you'll be caught doing things that is against the nature of God and goes against his word. Point number three, watch this here. Because it is the key to peace and happiness. When you have a disturbed mind, you will have a disturbed life. Everything happens in the mind because it is the key to peace and happiness. An unmanaged mind will lead to tension and frustration. A managed mind is going to lead to tranquility and a brighter future. An unmanaged mind will lead to conflict, but a managed mind will lead to confidence. When you don't control the way you direct your thoughts, you will experience an enormous amount of stress in your life. Are you stressed this morning? Uh, it's because of your mind. When you manage your mind, you will take control of your life. A managed mind leads to three things. Number one, it leads to strength. When you have a managed mind, it'll, it'll give you strength. Number two, when you have a managed mind, it'll give you security. When your mind is controlled, when your mind uh, is under control, it'll give you strength. It'll give you security. And thirdly, when your mind uh, is managed or controlled, uh, it'll give you serenity. You will have tranquility in your life. You will have a calmness over your life. You cannot allow the things around you to control who you are. You must allow God inside of you to control who you are. The Bible says letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and it leads to peace. Romans 8 and verse Number six, I want you to know today, as I come to a close, you need to know that life is going to put up some, some walls before us. You, you need to know that life is going to pull or, or, or bring obstacles before our lives. You need to know that there are some, some things that's going to happen in life that it's beyond my control and it's beyond your control. Somebody says, that's just life. Life will bring us ups and downs. Life will bring different things inside of our lives. But as a child of God, we got to continue walking forward. In the army, that's a command that we'll call forward march. When those who are are directing us sometimes they'll halt us and they'll cause us to stop and then uh, the sergeant might tell you forward march you have to move forward if you're going to be a child of God you're going to have to learn to move forward you can't go backwards you can't give live life going backwards you can't go sideways you can't live life sideways life was meant Life was meant to go forward. Amen, somebody. Anybody up in here got a car? You got a car? Raise your hand. You got a car? Raise your hand. I don't want to look at your car. If you got a car, just raise your hand. You got a car? Watch this here. 
How many of you all drive in reverse on the streets? Raise your hand. You, 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 don't, you don't drive your car in reverse. So why drive your car or your life going backwards? You don't drive going sideways in your car, right? That, that only happens on the Dukes of Hazard, right? You don't, you, don't, you don't drive like that, right? Life is made to go, to go forward. But in life, as we walk as a child of the living God, there are some things that God will allow to happen in our lives. You know, I was reading... Ah, Ecclesiastes, ah, Exodus rather, when God took the children of Israel out of Egypt and out of slavery and away from Pharaoh, you know, when God was marching them, the Bible says that God on purpose did not take them the shorter route. On purpose, God took them the longer route. The Bible says that God did not take them through the land of the Philistines because war might have discouraged the children of Israel to turn around. So God took them in the direction of the Red Sea. But while they were at the Red Sea, there was Pharaoh and his armies, the enemy coming from behind. Desert was on both sides. The Red Sea was out in front of them. They had a choice to go back or they had a choice to go forward. The interesting thing here is the Bible says God led them to the sea. God will lead you and I to our Red Seas in life. And you know, they got so discouraged. They told Moses, they said, we told you. And don't you like the Bible? The Bible is real. The Bible says... Israel told Moses, said, didn't we tell you to keep us in Egypt? Didn't we tell you it was better for us to be slaves than to die in the wilderness? And you know, Moses told him, he said, look, y'all stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. But you know, after that, right after that, Moses went to God. And Mo, the Bible says, Moses cried out to God. And, and you know what God told Moses? Why are you crying to me? He says, why are you praying to me? You know, sometimes, even as leaders, we can think that we are doing the right thing. When actually God wants us to do another thing. You see, it's good to pray. But sometimes praying needs to be put on the side. And sometimes you got to get to moving. You see, Moses was crying to God. And God was saying, why are you crying out to me? Your job is to go and lead this people over this Red Sea. Uh, you know, church members will take the attitudes of their leaders. Y'all listen to me. If myself and Brother Brown had weak faith, don't tell nobody, the church would have weak faith. Now, you can sit down and say, oh, Brother Vils, no, I'm, I'm, I'm on Christian. I am telling you, if we demonstrate weak faith, then the church would demonstrate weak faith. If leaders demonstrate strong faith, 
then the church would demonstrate strong faith. Israel was made to be led by Moses. Moses was the leader of the children of Israel. But Moses had to practice faith. And the Bible says, God told him, stretch out your rod. Stretch it out over this sea. Stretch your faith. That's what God is telling us now. Stretch your faith. God will stretch my faith and God will stretch your faith. We don't know how God going to stretch it. But believe me, God is going to stretch your faith. Why stop walking when we're walking with the water walking Jesus? Why stop walking when we're walking with raise the dead, calm the sea, heal the lame, heal the deaf, heal the blind, Jesus? Why we stop walking when things become not normal? Oh, if you listen to the world, everybody is trying to get back to what they call normal. I have a million dollar question on the floor. What is normal? When you live in a world of hurricanes, what's normal? When you live in a world of tornadoes, what's normal? When you live in a world where the ground is split into earthquakes, what's normal? When you live in a world where people die to cancer, what's normal? When you live in a world where people die to COVID-19 and its variants, what's normal? When you live in a world where people die to gun violence, what's normal? Don't we know ever since the world began, Adam and Eve been living in a world of abnormalities. Abnormal societies is what we have. Abnormal society. Folk talking about getting back to normal. Abnormal society. Men with men. I wish I had somebody here with me. Abnormal. Women with women. Abnormal. Governments who don't look after the well-being of its citizens, but look after the well-being of their political status, abnormal. Children being sexually abused by their own fathers and uncles, abnormal. Women being abused by their own husbands who says, I do and I love you till death do us part, abnormal. Verbal abuse to teenagers, mothers and fathers killing their children, children beating their mothers with baseball bats. What's normal about, about that? Our job as Christians is to keep trusting God. I don't know what tomorrow may hold. I don't know the future. But our job as the church of Christ is to keep trusting in God. Our job is to keep depending on the Lord. Our job as the church is to keep relying on God. Our job as the church is to keep counting on God. The Bible says, I'll never leave you, nor will I forsake you. Somewhere I read the Bible says, Jesus is the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. Our job as the church is to put God's word in our mind. And to keep our mind on God's word. And our job is to be faithful 
to God until death come calling us home. You know, church, death is coming. You, you can't control that. It's coming. You don't know how, you don't know when, but death is on its way. And it just looks like to me, since death is on its way, it looks like you ought to get ready for it. You ought to prepare yourself for it. Don't allow anything to box you in because as a child of God, we got to allow the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, faithful leaders, uh, Christians who are in Christ strong uh, to help us reach heaven because that's the goal, church. The goal is to get to heaven. My goal is to get to heaven. Your goal is to get to heaven. And one day we'll spend there all eternity with God and his people. Yesterday at the funeral, I told the people there, you know, there's a, there's a place called Hades, and you know this place already. And uh, in Hades, there's a, there's a great gulf. We know it as a great ditch. For some reason or another, you can't cross that ditch. I don't know if it's because something is blocking it. I don't know if it's because it's so wide. I, I don't know if it's because of, of what's in it. I, I don't know, but you can't get on the other side. God says, you, you, you're, able, you're able with this, with this great gulf in the Hadean world. I told him there's nobody in heaven. No, no, nobody's in heaven. No, no, nobody's in heaven yet. No, nobody's there. Heaven is, 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 is waiting you and is waiting me. But in that Hadean world, y'all, it must be an interesting place. It's, 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 it's the land of of the grave. It's, it's where the dead are. It's, it's where all of the dead people go. And in this place, there's a great gulf. All those who are righteous are on one side. The others who are not righteous, they are on the other side. Can you imagine being there and your, your spouse is on one side and you on the other side? Could you imagine your parents on one side, you on the other side? Could you imagine your children on one side and you on the other side? Could you imagine your friends on one side and you on the other side and all you want to do is get to them and huff them and love them and kiss them and do, but you can't. God says, there's a ditch. The Bible says, actually in Luke chapter 16, it says, to those, and I'm paraphrasing, to those who would want to get over, they cannot. And then he talks about the others. He says, even those on the other side who wants to get over to you, he says, they cannot. I don't care how much you want to get over, you can't. Y'all know this story, perhaps better than I do. The rich man said, Abraham, can you allow Lazarus to just tip his finger in water to cool my tongue? Abraham told him, he says, he says, look, he says, when you lived, you lived a good life. He says, now you are tormented. He says, Lazarus is living a good life now. You see, God may take a long time to turn the tables, but you can rest assured the tables going to turn. And some people's sins will not come out on this side of life. There are some sins God will hold it <laughs> till the judgment day. You thought you might get over with what you did and what you thought. Uh-uh. 
God sometimes will hold that stuff all the way to the judgment. But when you're in Christ, you ain't got a thing to worry about. Because the blood, the blood, the blood of Jesus cleanses, cleanses. The Bible says as long as you walk in the light, as he is in the light, you have fellowship one with another. God says, I'm going to be your homeboy, and you can be my homeboy, and we'll walk hand in hand from earth on up to glory. Church, I want you to know, you'll mess up in life, I'll mess up in life. Oh, I want you to know when you sin, that don't mean you're going to hell. I, I wish I had a church up in here. When you sin, that does not mean you are going to hell. That's why the blood right now is running in glory, cleansing you and me. There are some things that we do, but you got to keep getting up again. When you fall, get up. When you slip up, move up. I like old DMX. Yeah, I, I, see, he's one of my favorite, favorite rappers. But I wish I had somebody up in here with me, Brother Rick. I wish I had somebody up in real. DMX, Sister Brissa, you know DMX. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't act like you don't know. I, I'm going to that truck after church, and I'm going to check it out. <laughs> DMX kept it real. Huh? He says, I'm slipping. I'm falling. I can't get up. Y'all going to help? Y'all going to help me preach up in here? Huh? He says, I'm slipping, I'm falling, and I can't get up. Sometimes that's, that's you and me. You're slipping, you're falling, and you can't get up. Back to that Romans 7. Life is a struggle, and the battle is in your mind. And you got to guard it. You got to guard it. That verse literally means God will put a garrison, a soldier, if you will, to help guard our minds. Church, if you're not guarding your mind, you're slipping, you're falling, and you can't get up. You got to guard your mind. Satan wants your mind. I say Satan wants your mind. If he can take your mind, he'll take your fate. He comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. I've seen Satan destroy families, destroy marriages. He'll destroy relationships with fathers and sons. He'll destroy relationships with mothers and daughters. You better guard your mind. You better guard your life. You better guard your house. You better guard your marriage. And you better guard your family. Because if you don't, Satan will come. He'll take it. He'll steal it. He'll kill it. And he'll destroy it. And he'll cheer like he's somebody's cheerleader. Because that's what he do. Church, guard your mind. When you guard your mind, you'll guard your fate. When you guard your fate, you'll guard your salvation. If you're not a child of God, you come by hearing his word, believing the same, repenting of your sins, confessing Christ, putting them on in water baptism for the remission of your sins. You go down into the water, you come out a brand new creature. You start your journey with the Lord. You live faithful unto death. Heaven. Heaven. Heaven will be your home. 
Brother John sing the song, Heaven is on the other side. Y'all, you can't see it, but it's there. It's on the other side. So that means you and I have destination. We have somewhere to go, and we have somewhere to be. If that's your decision, that's your choice today, as together we stand, together we sing, why don't you come? Would you, you be free from the burden of sin? There's 